When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. It's a road show Thursday. We're here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate. It's Hale Bar City Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hope you're doing all right. We love being here. Home football weeks here at the Single Barrel. So if you're trying to get an idea what to do Saturday, I've got it all set up for you. Get down here. They've got breakfast at 7 a.m. every morning. The breakfast buffet is undefeated. Ask Junior. Uh, he loves him some biscuits and gravy and eggs down here. Uh, and then uh, go watch Nebraska beat Maryland and then get back here for a big old steak. Boat in, a pork chop, whatever your uh, your fancy is. Wash it down with a cold beer or a Guinness or pick a whiskey from their wall of whiskey. The single barrel men, great folks, incredible uh, dining and uh, all set for Nebraska fans. So I uh, want to see you down here 4-6 to six today, and uh, we are here 7-9 to nine on Saturday ahead of Nebraska and Maryland. And then we'll be right back here for Real Red Reaction following. Numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240 if you want to dial up, 800-825-5865. Phone numbers to get in wherever you hear us across the Hale Varsity Radio Network can email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com and Elijah at sports.com. Yes, find us on the stream. We'll get to some stream comments. The Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. So I've got a semi-serious question. Uh, Brandon Vogel can answer in about 15 minutes. He'll join us from Counter Reed. Gary Barnett weighs in on what awaits Jim Harbaugh, Nebraska v. Maryland. And Coach Barney spent a ton of time in his career working uh, with quarterbacks, coaching quarterbacks. Uh, So we'll get his take on the Harburg situation and just how does Nebraska put things at ease uh, with their young quarterback for these final three. So Barney's on the way. Uh, Jeff Smith, longtime high school coach and assistant at Nebraska. Get his take on uh, Big Red Basketball as Nebraska in action tonight against Florida A&M at 7 p.m. So if you're on your way down to Nebraska at PBA, come by, get a drink or a nap or uh, a meal here at the Single Barrel. Daddy Burke, Burke's Best Bets at 540. So uh, that is what's on the docket today. Uh Kudos to Dion. We'll give more roll call for you. As Dion was the first in line, <laughs> there's a race on, on to see who is, is first in the stream chat. I love it. 
Uh, it's great, and can find us and uh, chat that way also with the Twitter page. Joel is going to get us kicked off here on a Thursday with Hale Varsity here at the Single Barrel. Joel, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, you know, thanks for taking my call and thanks for the show. But uh, it, one thing I've just been noticing um, on social media and just with some of the comments, uh, you know, as Husker fans, our expectations are so across the board, it's hard to kind of get a get a get control of it all. With uh, the Scott Frost era, you know, um, versus the Matt Rule era and, and just, you know, half a season, he's already exceeded what, what Scott Frost's uh, staff did um, in, in such a short time. And, you know, I think as fans, we need to just be patient and, and appreciate what this staff is doing, not just short term, um, but what, what they're preparing for the future. You know, Matt Rule just focuses on, um, you know, building the program the right way, which, you know, everybody's like, oh, I wish we would have got Dion because then we'd be winning. Well, he not, ain't not everybody. Right you're now. talking you know, to two not... guys that, that, Joel, you're talking to two guys that really like and respect Dion, but uh, there's there's a fit to it, right? And, Absolutely. Um, and and, 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 and Rule I'm not a Dion hater either by no yeah. means. But, you know, it's like you said, there's a, it's a fit for the program and, and long term. Mm-hmm. No, and, and listen, Joel, you're right. I mean, there's Nebraska fans right now that are that are going to be upset. We kind of hit on this yesterday. Joel, thanks for listening. Thanks for your phone call, bud, and uh, chiming in with uh, some thoughts. Listen, if you don't get to six, it is going to be disappointing because you were right there to get to six. We touched on it a bit yesterday. And, yeah, some fans are on social media. Totally get it. And and that's part of being a fan is hopes, dreams, expectations, uh, wearing that fandom on your sleeve. I think there's a ton of respectful Nebraska fans that will, Elijah, look at this and say, it's not an excuse, it's reality. Yeah, if you're at, if you're at five wins before you get to November, awesome. That's great. You should get to six. I think... Uh, Matt Rule would tell you they should get to six. I think every guy on that staff would tell you they should get to six, as well as that entire locker room, six or beyond. Uh, but it shouldn't go unnoticed or underappreciated what has gone on after an 0-2 start uh, with with all the injuries, with the inconsistency on the offensive line, with where you're at at quarterback, a work in progress at quarterback, and really uh, – a, a trust and willingness to teach and and develop while he's trying to go win ball games with Harburg. Uh, all that being said, you're still on the doorstep, so find a way to get it done. And defensively, uh, it has been uh, just uh, fantastic to watch. Now, Nebraska's had a, a more manageable path than in past years. Not their fault, just reality. And they've handled that. They handled October. And they handled October for the first time in 23 years, <laughs> which is which is nice. But, uh, yeah, you're going to find Nebraska fans that if they don't get to six, they're going to be ticked off. But I think as you, as you pull back from the emotion of it and say, okay, look at all they've been through on offense. Look at what this defense did. And, uh, and look how from a playing standpoint, turnovers, yes, but just look at how they play, how hard they play, and how well they've tackled. And they look like a football team. They need to get better at taking care of the football. Totally get it. That's that's fundamental as well. 
but they look like a football program that has, man, a lot of folks in line to probably buy stock in them because they've made some really nice strides early in this tenure. Yeah, and, and Schmidt, you kind of laid out like the, the six number. Not only is that bare minimum, I think, for Nebraska in terms of what your expectations should be this year, I should be year in and year out. And we're, oh. we're coming from a, a PTSD of a point where, you know what, it's going to take a little bit to build, and three and nine's okay, five and seven's okay. Like, they're building up. Simply put, with the resources you have at Nebraska, especially since the Big Ten's gotten their new media rights deal, I mean, you're packing 90,000 people into that stadium every single weekend. You're buying merchandise from the university. You're donating to a, an 1890 initiative. You're, you're going on the road. Whatever you're, you're going doing. on the road in, 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 in massive numbers still, comparatively yeah. to other programs. Whenever you're spending you, money to go, to go tour with them. Whenever you just look at the massive amount of support and resources that Nebraska has, six should be the bare minimum year in, year out, no matter how good or bad your roster is, no matter how many four stars or five stars you have on the roster, no matter what. You, six wins should be the minimum for Nebraska. And I still think that holds true this year. I still think the road to six is there. And I think this season, it's harsh to call it a failure, but I think it's true if you don't get to six wins just because of at Nebraska, I don't care what people say about the recruiting hardships that you face being in the middle of the country. Look at the money. Look at the NIL support that you have. Look at the fan support that you have with all those things considered. You have an easier road to six wins than just about anyone else in the country. There's obviously, there's obviously some top-of-the-line Big Ten schools that might have a slightly easier path, your Ohio States and your Michigans. But, like, comparatively to Northwestern and Indiana and Purdue <laughs> and teams that you've seen playing a hell of, a lot of, hell of a lot of bowl games over the past couple of years, even Minnesota, Nebraska's had an easier path to six than any of those teams. If you have a competent coaching staff in place that understands development, understands how to play football in Nebraska, I think Nebraska has that right now. But... To me, you have to get to six wins in year one because of just what that path is for Nebraska to six. It's easier than almost any other school in the country that is consistently getting to six. You have a lot to, uh, to lean on to get you to six. I'll say this. This team with their injuries, this team with their transition, they, they bought in. They, they like playing for this coach, and they're, they're trying. They're doing their best. What's different is this may be not as talented of of team as you've seen in past years that maxed out at three or four or five wins, never even got to six, and you shake your head at some of the the teams that were probably at worst a seven-win team. You could make an argument for a handful of teams that were probably eight or nine-win teams that drastically underachieved. Even the, the, the 2021 team that finished 3-9, and nine, they were in about every ball game that's been well-documented. And if you could have just got it to go your way, Matt Rule's found a way to, to get some of those tight ball games to, to flip, and Nebraska's made plays on defense. So Nebraska's made some plays, although sparingly, on offense, against some teams that you haven't beaten in a heck of a long time. So, listen, uh, I think Nebraska fans are going to uh, take a breath if they, if they get to six on Saturday, rejoice, celebrate, and then try and go get two more, try and go get one more. But, but for sure, before we, uh, we get uh, done with Black Friday, if you're a Nebraska fan, see if these guys can get to, uh, 
to six and, and get to a bowl game, that'd be that'd be incredible. Even if it's the uh, the oil change bowl in Detroit, uh, find your way to Detroit, make it happen uh, wherever it is. Anonymous chimes in, and we'll spend some time with Brandon Vogel. He's got some great number breakdowns to look at. Anonymous says Maryland is one and twenty five in its last twenty six November games. <laughs> in which they did not play Rutgers. So they're perfect against Rutgers. So this weekend is likely a toss-up. That's the other thing that uh, really gouges at Nebraska fans is, okay, uh, you have a chance to get to six, and Michigan State is is absolutely in free fall. What do they do? They find a way to get some big plays on, on your defense. Maryland's in the same situation. They ended September unbeaten at 5-0. and They've gone the oppo. They went O for October, and they started off uh, uh, with a with a with uh, just a severe beating by Penn State, a rival, a, a team that's kind of been their white whale, a team that they're chasing in that Chesapeake region as much as James Franklin recruits that area. So, yeah, I mean, Maryland, both, both these teams are very similar limping in right now uh nebraska had been a little bit hotter but it really is going to come down to to some big plays here roulade 757 checks in on the show uh someone please tell me there's absolutely zero truth to the frost to join the iowa staff rumors i don't know i don't know that scott would leave scottsdale for iowa city I know Scott endured Northern Iowa when he was an assistant there before he went to Oregon. Maybe he wants to get back in it. I don't know. Uh, I just if, if the guy's content, there's a hell of a lot of money to count, and there's a tee box to find uh, on a course in Scottsdale. Do you want to get back into this? Now, as a coordinator, he'd be all right. We're still awaiting Jim Harbaugh uh, punishment. Uh, beyond go to your room or timeout time. We'll see if that actually happens today. Well, can I just say this about with Scott Frost to Iowa? Let's be clear. If Scott Frost Him and Kirk don't seem to me if like they get along real well. If Scott Frost goes to Iowa, Kirk Ferentz will no longer be around. And I think the writing might be on the wall for Kirk Ferentz to no longer be around. We'll see about that. I don't think he is long for Iowa City. I think we're probably seeing the last couple games of Kirk Ferentz's tenure, but Kirk Ferentz would never make a hire like Scott Frost to Iowa. It is a complete culture just mismatch. It's not going to work out with how Brian Ferentz wants his offenses to run, how he wants his football to be played. So I'm, I am not buying into that unless Iowa's already looking for their next head coach, which I don't think they'd go to Scott Frost following his tenure at Nebraska. That, that just does not seem like a fit. I don't have any inside information on those rumors, but I, I want to put that to bed. I, that, that sounds so off the wall. It makes absolutely zero sense to me. No, and listen, Scott can call some plays. Uh, that's obvious. He's a good coordinator. There are things he does well as a coach. And at his age, with his bank account, you probably don't want to work for anybody anymore. <laughs> the coordinator's got to put a ton of work in and uh, occasionally go recruit and, and find a stud quarterback. And is that something he's real interested in to do in doing? We, we're going to ask Vogel this because he's kind of a, a resident uh, renaissance man for us, Counter Reed. And we talk cocktails and we talk uh, food with Vogel on top of football. Crab cakes. Are crab cakes overrated? And the reason I bring it up, I always like to bring things back to a movie reference. Wedding Crashers. 
And uh, aside from Todd's painting, one of the things that stick out to me about Wedding Crashers is crab cakes and football. That's what Marilyn does. That that line in the movie. And and listen, I've bought crab cakes before. I put them in the air fryer. Get a little sauce on top of them. They're pretty good. Uh, they're a fantastic appetizer option. And I think they're all right. But there is a ceiling on what I'll spend, Elijah, on crab cakes. Overall, with crab, not crabs, crab. Are you a, are you a fan of crab? Crab cakes are all right. Crab is all right. Overrated in both senses, though. You're slathering it in butter. Of course it's going to be good. You're slathering it in butter. If I took a steak and slathered it in butter, it would be a hell of a lot better than crab. Crab is just like... <laughs> It, it was oh, for poor people. Crab was for poor people back in the day. Your dock workers ate crabs because they were so abundant. Like, it somehow became rich person food. Crab is not good. It's not worth the price. It's, it's fine to eat, yeah. But, like, there used to be a law back in the day. You couldn't feed your servants crab more no, than twice no a week. No seafood endorsement for Elijah Herbal. Uh, Brandon Vogel coming up. Hail Varsity on the road here at Single Barrel. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it, Road Show Thursday here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate 9th and P here on Thursdays, home football weeks. And back Saturday for the weekend edition, 7 to 9 a.m., we welcome in with Counter Reed, Brandon L. Vogel at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter, counterread.com. Get your subscription now. Incredible football work, volleyball, all things uh, Big Red with Brandon and Aaron Sorensen. Vogues, uh, you, you have this setup, and if you're watching the show on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, you can see what I'm talking about, but Vogues has got his wall of books behind, and is it candlelight off to your right? I mean, there's a really warm fall November glow to this setup we have. Are you going to tell us a ghost story about turnovers and bowl eligibility? <clears throat> Maybe. Um, that, that, that could be the tale on, on Saturday. It gets dark gar- dark early here on the uh, west coast of the eastern time zone, so I've, I've had to MacGyver together a uh, three-point lighting setup that, that it needs <clears> – <throat> It needs some work. Let's let's put it that way. <laughs> no, it looks it looks so. uh, uh, it, it looks mysterious and uh, I'll say cozy. <laughs> not, yeah. not in a uh, not in a crawl space kind of way. It just looks cozy. It lo- it looks like do, Brandon, do, doing what we can. Looks like Brandon, you need to have a nice cup of tea and a bowl of lobster bisque in front of you. Which lobster much better than crab. We're getting into that at the end of the last segment. Lobster is great. Crab. Stupid overrated, hard to eat, and like at the end of the day, it shouldn't be the rich man's food that it's it's currently portrayed as. Like, I don't want to come off as a lobster hater, or excuse me, a crab hater, because it's like, you know what? It's good food. If you give me some like crab, like that's a, a seafood I will eat. I'm not a big seafood guy, but I'll eat crab. I'll eat lobster. It's good. But crab is severely overrated in my humble opinion, just based on what you're going to have to pay for a good crab. I would agree. I've never, <clears throat> I like crab. Um, it's, I, I, I've never once ordered it at a restaurant. Yeah. Like if you give me a crab cake where um, all of the crab, the tiny, the tiny morsels of crab have been removed and I can just sit down and eat it. I'm like I'm in. Um, lobster requires <laughs> a lot of work as well, but at least you get, you know, you've got the lobster tail there that like 
after 45 minutes of finagling that thing out of there um if you've ever had just a whole boiled lobster um <clears throat> then at least you can sink your teeth into something so See, and lobster the, the, if, I, if i'm not mistaken really did used to be like peasant food like there were so many of them um on the east coast that it was like We've just got tons of this stuff, so I guess just just give it to the people who can't afford beef. Lobster and crab both. I was saying this at the end of the last segment. It's true. Back in, like, colonial New England, it was illegal to feed your servants crab more than twice a week. It was seen as inhumane <laughs> to do so. <laughs> oh, that's good. Brandon Vogel's with us. So it, it is a lot of work for crab legs. Almost as much work for these two offenses vogues to put a eight to 10 play drive together. It's just a lot easier to score points with a big play. And I know you focused in on that with your column today on counter read, but let's dive in a little bit to the Nebraska, Maryland here. Vogue's gut says what about Saturday? How are you feeling? Um, I mean, it's, if you take what Nebraska averages on offense and what Maryland gives up on defense and vice versa, you end up with basically both teams should average about five yards a game, yeah, five yards per play, which kind of shakes out to I think what we're seeing the line at. Last I saw this morning, it was Maryland Maryland minus two. It should be that type of game. That said, I think uh, Nebraska probably needs to play closer to its its best um to to keep it that way whereas maryland maybe could get away with uh, a bad quarter or a bad you know two drives or so i just think over 30 30 points again and nebraska nebraska's right under 20 so they just have a little bit more more wiggle room they've got a quarterback who's who's played a ton of college football really spreads the ball around. Um, they've got three receivers plus the tight end over 30 receptions on the season. I mean, this is the past heaviest team in the, in the conference. So defensively, Nebraska will, will challenge Maryland, but it's, it's very similar to Michigan state last week, I think, in that the Terps are on a four game losing streak. Uh, and you got to worry a little bit about the, the kind of backed into a corner nature of this game. If you're, if you're Nebraska. Vogues, is is Maryland's offense fun and awesome, or does it look great because it's in the Big Ten? Um, <laughs> probably, probably more of the latter. Um, <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll see next year when somebody somebody other than Tagovailoa is is operating it. Um, I would say, but you know, Maryland since they've come in. In 2014, they've they've always they're a fertile recruiting area. Um, so they're always talented and athletic. They're always kind of pretty explosive. They used to be really explosive via the run um, to an almost shocking degree. Like Maryland of four or five years ago, it was they would just they have insane rushing numbers uh, in terms of yards per play. They would hit really big plays that way. And they still do get some big plays that way with this group, although the rushing totals aren't that high. But they've fully moved into to kind of, uh, uh, I guess, the Big Ten, the closest thing the Big Ten has to to an air raid team. Um, it doesn't look like that, but just, just relative to, to, you know, what Nebraska, Northwestern, Iowa, Minnesota, those schools type, tend to do it, it definitely feels like uh, 
like a like a curveball in this league. It's Brandon Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Brandon, whenever you look ahead to Saturday, one of two things needs to happen. Preferably, you'd like to have both, but either Nebraska's defense needs to slow down and really shut down the high-flying Maryland offense, keep them off the board more than they have been in, in recent weeks, or the offense has to go out and exceed expectations against a Maryland defense that, to be fair, isn't world beaters, but Nebraska's offense has been far from that as well. Either the offense is going to have to step up and score more points, or the defense is really going to have to slow down slash shut down that Maryland offense. And of those two, which do you think is the more likely way that Nebraska wins this football game? More likely is, is probably the defense. Easier. Um, well... I don't know the right way to phrase this. Like, I think it's going to – it's more likely the defense just comes out, has a great plan. Maybe it, it has a bad taste in its mouth from from not being peak uh, black shirts that we've seen this season last week and uh, <clears throat> really kind of shuts things down. But I think there will be a, a give and take here. That's the strength-on-strength strength matchup, Maryland's offense against Nebraska's defense. Um, so if that's a stalemate – well, then it comes right back to, okay, can Nebraska's offense do enough? Uh, you know, I wrote this. Maryland's won 14 straight games when holding opponents to 20 or less. Nebraska's got to get to 20. It doesn't average 20. Uh, it's 19.9, so basically it averages 20. Um, it's probably going to take 24 or 27 for, for Nebraska to win this game. How are they going to get there? Um, I, you know... At this point, given the injuries, given the inexperience, like the, Nebraska sorely needs those big plays in the passing game. I felt like they kind of hunted them a little bit against Michigan State and couldn't make it. Couldn't make it happen. Can they do it this week? That's that's kind of the game in a nutshell for me. Brandon Vogel is with us from Counter Reed. Vogue's a, a thought with Nebraska's run game because the, the Huskers lead the, the, the league in rushing. You've seen some glimpses. You've also seen defenses adjust to Harburg. You know, what kind of game are you looking for from him in the run game? Emmett Johnson, uh, Anthony Grant, this offensive line. I mean, Maryland's athletic and, and fast, and they get after the quarterback. That said, they're, they're not the biggest defense. Can you line up and just pound away? Yeah, I mean, there's – I think on paper that would, that would be the approach. Um, so this this Maryland defense is pretty good at limiting the big plays, which, you know, we've been spending most of this segment talking about. The one area uh, when Nebraska has the ball where it's kind of a stalemate or, or maybe Nebraska has a slight edge is uh, this Maryland team isn't great at t- keeping teams off schedule via the rush. So – could Nebraska do it that way? It's possible. That said, you know, yeah, yes, Nebraska leads the leads the Big Ten in rushing. Um, it's 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 averaging fewer than four yards per carry in, in Big Ten play. Like it's just kind of a strange year in the Big Ten where you don't have kind of a lot of those singular backs. Rutgers running back leads the leads the league in rushing. Um, you know, so I, I just. Watching Mike Loxley's press conference, one of the reporters there brought up, and I didn't verify this myself, but I have. You know, it came from somewhere that last week <laughs> Penn State had, I think, over 125 of its 180 total yards, basically up the middle, quote unquote. 
we saw last week Michigan State was really committed, and we've seen, and we've seen opponents prior to this, like with Nebraska's option game. I think teams have figured out like make make Harburg pitch it, um, and you'll just deal with what happens after that. If if the running back beats you, the running back beats you, but it's less danger than Harburg, who we've seen with a with a number of long runs to this point. So, could Nebraska have some success between the tackles? Um, could be kind of an interesting part to this game. The numbers would say maybe. Um, that said, we haven't seen a whole lot of it from Nebraska. Brandon, before we get you out of here, about 60 seconds, I thought in on the stream here from NUGPod, I believe that's NU Grandpa, of our remaining games, which is our best chance of winning? What is your take on, on where Nebraska stands their best chance at getting to six? Is it on Saturday? It's probably this one. Um, though, we'll see, we'll see what happens with Iowa over these three remaining three games it gets it gets interesting with the Hawkeyes I wouldn't be surprised right now Iowa Iowa would still be favored in Lincoln I think but by how much and it could end up being close to close to where this line sits now Iowa we, we know about the struggles on offense what gets interesting for me with them over these final three weeks is they face basically the three rushing quarterbacks in the league and they've got Gavin Winsett of Rutgers this week Altmeyer, presumably of Illinois, and then Harburg with with Nebraska, and they haven't really faced that, that threat uh, so far this year. Brandon Vogel, counterread, counterread.com. Log on, check out his work, Aaron Sorensen's work. Vogels will check in Saturday morning. Thanks for a few minutes, bud. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. There he is, Brandon Vogel, uh, with us, and in agreement on the crab versus lobster debate. We'll dive in and get some thoughts from Matt Rule. Some Rule Rewind on the way. We're here at the Single Barrel. Hail Varsity continues down here at 9th and P. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back here, Roadshow Thursday. We're at the Single Barrel, 9th and P, inside the Graduate. Just awesome spot for Steaks or chops, over 200 whiskeys to choose from. And uh, you're invited down. We'll be rocking and rolling here Saturday morning for breakfast, some kegs and eggs. Their breakfast buffet is incredible here at the Single Barrel. So uh, see you today. See you on Saturday, 7 to 9. And uh, you're invited out. So Matt Rule thoughts in a moment. First, though, a thought from your friends at Dyer Law, personal injury. If you've been hurt... In a personal injury accident, you can count on the Dyer Law Team. They'll provide you with that helping hand you need no matter what you're dealing with. Call the Dyer Law Team today at 402-393-7529 or visit Dyer.Law. That's Dyer.Law to chat with a trusted professional about your personal injury claim. That's Dyer.Law, Dyer.Law, 402 393 Seven five two nine. We talk about a helping hand, Elijah, and uh, it is all about the offense, kind of doing what they couldn't do last week, and that's pick up a uh, less than black shirt performance by the defense. By no means was it bad. Ooh, you allowed twenty, really thirteen, and that is that's enough to win a lot of ball games, just not win a lot of ball games at Nebraska, and. Uh, we'll see if the defense comes out hungry and angry and fierce. And I think there'll be urgency. What I'm interested in is 
the the topic of November, right? It's it's been something we've spent a lot of time about. And okay, did you learn your lesson last week from an urgency and a pressure standpoint in the moment and the importance of those games? And Rule said it to his team, right? He's like, look, dude, you're going to be playing in games of consequence from here on out. So get used to the moment. And this team's not had a lot of those moments, uh, especially the the, the, five, the the seniors on this team that have gone five-plus years without a bowl game. So you can understand a little bit of a pucker factor, uh, but it needs to be gone on Saturday. Just kind of just cut it loose, go play ball. If you give up a, a big play, uh, make sure it's because of their excellence and athleticism. It's not because you've busted a, a coverage that you're able to do in your sleep most Saturdays. So, Matt Rule, let's uh, check in. Dion was interested in the injury report. And well, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll also have to get to, to cut five here at some point because he kind of talks yes. about the defense letting loose and not being worried about winning. That's good stuff. But we'll get to the injuries first. Yeah, we'll do injuries, and then we'll get to, to Rule's mindset and mentality for these guys on Saturday. But Rule with an injury update. Malcolm, um is we, we expect to play and Prince Will we're still going through the process so we'll see we'll see where how that lands so uh, Deshaun Singleton's out had a bit of a setback uh, Hard Sog's been really really good he's been a sure tackler in the back end there that's good Prince Will's big man because you're going to need all sorts of pressure you didn't have pressure on the quarterback as much as you'd like and uh, you're going to dial it up this Saturday, you better, uh, while still being disciplined, Elijah, uh, with the, the rush lanes because little Tua can probably scramble away, although he loves to stay in the pocket. But uh, let's talk about that, D. Let's hear from Matt Rule here on prepping for that Maryland offense. We're always working on technical things. We're always working on how hard we play, how physical we are. This week presents unique challenges in that they're going to come out and they're going to go tempo. They're going to come out and they're going to throw RPOs. They're going to come out and they're going to throw perimeter screens. They're going to come out and they're, you know, they've, they're one of three teams in the country that's thrown 30 passes in every game in the last two years. It's 12 straight games with a touchdown pass. It's, I mean, they're, they're going to chuck it. You know, they're going to throw it around. They're also going to run it. They're also going to get the ball in the perimeter. They have excellent, excellent playmakers, a great quarterback, great scheme. So for us, it's, you know, you, you can't change what you do. You know, it's about our guys just, just focusing in and, and uh, trusting themselves and making their play and, 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 um, you know, last week, you go back to last week, you know, two big plays, one given up on a double move, um, one given up on a double pass, you know, having great eyes, having great help, having great, you know, depth at safety. We have guys, you know, who, you know, it's one thing to rush in the fourth quarter of a game when you have the lead, we're going to have to rush the entire game. So it'll be a real challenge for our defense. You know, anytime you play against great players, you know, it's a real challenge. And, and um, I don't want them... I don't want them playing defense, trying to win the game. When you do that, you never play great defense because you're like, I don't want to give up a big play because, you know, the score's tight. Defense is about cutting loose and, and going and playing and attacking, and they'll make plays. <laughs> They're the third third best offense, the third third most big plays in, in the Big Ten. That's that's just in Big Ten games. That's taking out the non-conference games. So they're going to make plays, and we, we, I just want to see our defense go compete and battle. And I think it's really exciting to be playing a team of this caliber this time of year, you know. I wish it was icy and snowy and all those things. Sounds like it's going to be a great day. So, you know, we're just going to have to go play. You know, the reality kind of smacked this football team in the face, Elijah, last Saturday 
especially the defensive side of the ball, something we really didn't notice seeing in them. And, and that was the realization that you saw on the field where, man, we got to play perfect. We got to play great all the time. We can't make a mistake. Oh, no, there's a mistake. There's a, there's a big play given up. And you can't live that way. But, man, that's, that's what was in their head. Uh, it felt like uh, on Saturday in East Lansing, you've got to be able to just hopefully have left that in East Lansing if you're Nebraska, bud, because they're going to probably, against this defense and against most defenses, probably put up 17 to 20 points, and that's if you do a good job of making them off. Well, and, and there's an interesting mix you have to have as a head coach in, in terms of, your defense has to understand throughout the week of preparation that they are leading the way, that if they are going to win this game, it's going to be on the backs of the defense, but then you can't have that being top of mind whenever they're going out and playing on Saturday, if that makes sense. They need to understand the importance throughout the week, but whenever game time comes around, it's time to play fast and it's time to fly around. You have to put that away and understand that the preparation that you did throughout the week with that understanding has led you to a point that you can go out and play fast. You can go out and play free. You don't have to worry about that once the game actually gets going. And that's the importance of the head coaching gig. The, the importance of having the right guy as a motivator in there that can instill it throughout a week of practice. Hey guys, if you guys have an off day on Saturday, we're not going to win this football game. While also still making sure once Saturday rolls around, that's not what's at the top of their mind whenever they step on the field for that first possession. They're not thinking, hey, if we have an off day, we're going to lose this football game. It's It's preparing like that while still being able to go out and play free on Saturday. And that's why head coaches make all the money. That's why coordinators make all the money. You have to have guys ready in that way that, you know what, there's not too much pressure while still understanding if there's no pressure throughout the week, you're not going to be prepared and ready to go. It's understood. You got to go ball out defensively. Every ball game, it's on you. You're a defensive football team. Uh, Offense has got to do their part. They need a mulligan based on what they didn't do last Saturday. They've done just enough in their game, their winning streak. Now it's time to show back out and help out your defense, help out this football team on Saturday if you're the Nebraska offense. Walter, our friend outside of Philly, says, I don't do patience. That goes back to the earlier phone call by Joel. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Nebraska fans are in a weird spot right now with uh, wanting it to happen. Uh, realizing uh, that the time's running out and uh, the schedule doesn't let up at all. We'll wind down this first hour here on the road. Roadshow Thursday. We're at the single barrel inside the graduate ninth and P. Hale Varsity continues. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, Gary Barnett going to be with us next hour. We're here at the Single Barrel, 9th and P. Inside the Graduate, Roadshow Thursday. We're at the Herdant Sports Bar and Grill, La Vista tomorrow, 4 to 6 in the Omaha metro region. So come check us out there. Back here, Single Barrel, 7 to 9. little red beer for you on Saturday morning, 7 to 9 a.m., eggs, breakfast, buffet, get down here to the single barrel, and then uh, back at it for real red reaction uh, following Nebraska-Maryland. Scott chimes in on the stream, can have all the advantages Elijah's mentioned, but if the space between the players' ears has been mismanaged, it's going to take time to fix. Yeah, how do you handle that moment in pressure? 
Snitley's chiming in. Could have used some in Boulder, Snitley. Endless pitchers of margaritas is something he's thinking about. Well, that was uh, that with... was in reference to Scott Frost going off to Iowa City. Yes, uh, and and I'm sure there's uh, there's the uh, high end margaritas in Iowa City, or uh, which we had uh, for Black Friday last year when we were on the road. <laughs> or you can get the machine kind. See, just uh, just br- last week I went and enjoyed myself some dollaritas at a. A noted national place chain that does restaurant not advertise yet. That does not advertise with us, but a noted chain restaurant. And I tell you what, I I get it. I I understand the appeal of drinking four margaritas. No, it, it's all good. Uh, Brandon, our friend from the Black Hills, is thanking the Lord that uh, we have not gotten into a crab discussion because Cranach's a huge seafood guy. Uh, at least we didn't get down that rabbit hole on a Thursday. By the way, Bambi is in the freezer. Brennan has venison. And, um, yeah, uh, the one thing that, that made me laugh out loud uh, was, was Jake here chiming in, asking, uh, <laughs> the bleep, does this have to do with Nebraska football? We, we kind of said it, look, it's crab cakes and football. That's the rallying cry from the movie Wedding Crashers. Uh, a football reference there, one of our favorite football gifts out there. And just kind of brought up the question, is crab overrated? And, and crab is good, and it's even better if someone else is paying for the appetizer with the crab cakes or the crab legs. And uh, But I, I side with you, Elijah, that lobster's probably uh, the way to go. Well, and, and the thing is, in my biggest complaint with crab, lobster, you could say the same, is in order to eat it and to have it be good, you have to slather it in just loads and loads of melted butter. Okay, but there's so go- many average foods out there that if you slather them up in butter, you're like, wow, that's pretty good. You get vegetables and slather them up in butter, and I go, wow, that's the, one of the best things I've had today. And I was like, of course, you slather it in butter. Of course it's going to be fantastic. You know, It's, it's like that's putting just- bacon on anything. Bacon makes anything better, as does slathering that's, it in that's butter. That's fine. That's fine. But they give you that little fork, right, on the crab legs to go to work with. It's a lot of work. Brian chimes in, uh, Mountain Oysters are the lobster of the Midwest. I want to hear a Maryland quarterback screaming, hot route, hot route, all game in his sleep after. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Vince Vaughn lifting his leg, lifting his leg, late waiting for Wilson to go in motion. And... Um, uh, what's his bucket from the hangover just drills him i think the guy's on steroids didn't work out and then he got the painting from todd all right hour two coming up gary barnett checks in on nebraska the quarterback situation michigan and the weekend of ball on the way the voice of husker nation is on the air this is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back into it, road show here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate Ninth and Pee Wee. Welcome in college football coach extraordinaire Gary Barnett with us. 
Coach, it's getting to that time. It's November. And, uh, man, missed opportunity for the Big Red in East Lansing. I know the Buffs are trying to, to get to six, and you had a good day of college football watching last Saturday. How you doing? Uh, doing fine, Chris. I unfortunately came down with the old COVID and, and uh, missed a game. I had to watch it on television. And, and you know what it showed me is how much I, I missed being there and being in the booth and doing all that stuff. So, but it was a great day for football. You know, it was a great, great football game. It was, it was incredible, all the close games that were out there. So, you know, this is about as good a year. And you consider the weather that's been out there and play that's been out there. And, of course, in our conference, in the Pac-12, it's just been outstanding. Every team has a chance. And so it's been a good year as far as I'm concerned. The games you play in November are so critical. And that's why, as a coach, you try to build your team up for that November run. That's when you really make your mark. So I know I would always put a big gold uh, square mm-hmm. or rectangle around the games in November and that's that's when we knew. We got there, man. Uh, that's when you get a, get a chance to be a champion, but you got to play. You got to be ready for the November games. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, I want to ask you how, when it comes to putting your game plan together, would you try and run the football more or I look at a team's weakness. This is what I see on film. They're not great against the pass. I'm talking about Michigan State secondary. So would you go try and attack a team that's got bad pass defense or would you do what you do if you're best at running the football? Well, you always have to create the best matchup you can. And Mm -hmm. so first of all, you have to realize what you do really well. And then you also have to look yourself in the mirror and say, what is it that we don't do very well? Is that a liability? And if it is, how can we minimize the risk that we have when we call plays that are in that particular category? So uh, you, you want you look at your opponent and you see where their strength is. Uh, and uh, it also, it, it, the whole thing starts with your offensive line and your defensive line, you know, your your offensive line versus their defense. Who is it on that side of the ball that has all the TFLs and the sacks? You've got to be able to protect against that that one guy. Is there somebody that's outstanding? If there is, you've got to you've got to double him. You've got to find ways in your scheme to do that. If not, if it's pretty even, then you, you don't have to necessarily do that. But you know, if, if you're struggling throwing the football, you better be safe with your calls. You better be one. Um, put yourself in a position where you have time to throw the football, which means your protection has got to be critical. It means maybe you keep another guy in. But, uh, you know, first of all, what do you do best? Secondly, what do you do worst? Fix that as much as you can and then match it up against whatever they do. And I don't care whether you, if it's the best thing for you to throw it 50 times, you throw it 50 times if that's what, what you decide is best for you. But you've got to do it. And uh, and then your special teams have to come into play. But, um, you, you know, you, you guys are in the same position we are. You need to win one of the next three to get bowl eligible. And let's face it, that's what we're trying to do right now. You know, uh, you know, winning eight or winning seven or whatever, that's not important. It's getting the bowl game. And we have to win two of the next three, which are going to be really difficult. But, uh Everybody has to settle in on that goal, and they got to understand how important it is. And, you, you know, at this time of year, just like you guys last week, you lost that game rather than Michigan State winning it. And avoid losing the game. That's you, you, Usually when you're playing head, you know, head-to-head, you know, head it's pretty even. They can't beat you unless you help them. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, that's what you have to avoid. Gary Barnett's with us. Coach, uh, Nebraska didn't do enough on their own uh, from a turnover standpoint, big plays. They allowed it defensively. That said, there were some questionable replay moments or missed calls. And did, did that tick you off, or did were you able to move on in the moment and then address it with, with the league afterwards? And I ask this not to, to whine. I'm just curious how things with replay are still wrong or, or, or called wrong. Well, you let the league make those decisions because uh, every second you spend thinking about talking about it, bitching about it, it doesn't do you any good. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you just come across a whiner. So you just, uh, you know, you have to accept it because it's going to, you know, they, it goes both ways. And uh, so it's it, it's a waste of time, my concern, or my mm-hmm. opinion. Coach Barnett with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, top topic this week has been about getting the quarterback to play free. And Nebraska's quarterback's a, a native Nebraskan and a tough runner and kind of a work in progress throwing the football. And he's had his moments, good and bad. But uh, as a guy who worked with quarterbacks uh, a ton in your career, how did you you work through some some of the, the immaturity in a quarterback with uh, with the experience part and then also the confidence part uh, as as that position coach? Because I'm sure you had guys that were super talented but would hit a wall or weren't weren't always consistent or look, looked the same as maybe they did in previous games. You don't want to regress as the season goes forward. Well, first of all, you got to know what his mind is doing and you've got to know what is it he feels comfortable doing and what is it he doesn't feel comfortable doing. What part of your offense is he uncomfortable with and which part of it is he really confident and comfortable with. So, And then play to that. And then take the area that he's he's not comfortable with and subtly and slowly work on it a little bit each day. Uh, but try to avoid putting him in those positions because if he, if he'll come out and tell you that uh, he's uncomfortable with this, this play, then I would stay away from it. Mm-hmm. I would go with what he's comfortable with. And uh, because his play is critical. That quarterback today is so critical because you don't have – everybody doesn't have two or three backs they can turn around hand the ball to and block up front and tight ends that can block for you and, and you know, run the ball like that. You can't do it. And so you need more than a game manager. And, one, he has to realize that. And, two, he's got to want to be more than just a game manager. But, three, he's got to let you know what he's uncomfortable with and then get him to agree to work on that. But don't put him in those situations anymore than you have to. Coach, how about getting the guy to see the field a little bit better? Uh, there's there's plays that are open, uh, and uh, and just sometimes you, you go to the wrong receiver. Real easy to armchair that up in the booth or in the press box. But uh, what was that process for you, getting guys to be a little more patient in the pocket, even though uh, it may be dicey behind a line that's trying to get better? Well, you just have to know what he's seeing. And, uh, it, you know, what is he looking at? Is he looking at the right things? What's he seeing? And he may, you know, not everybody is has the vision to be a quarterback. And 
guys who think they're quarterbacks don't have the vision. They can stand there and all day and throw to one receiver, you know, 25 yards down the field, the same throw. But seeing everything, or the seeing, you're not going to see everything, but seeing what you need in that one third of the field that you're trying to trying to at least get your first read into is critical. What are you seeing? And so it's a work in progress. And there's guys that naturally do it, and then there's guys that you just have to crank it and work it and crank it and work it, and, and then <laughs> wait till you get another one. <laughs> so uh, I mean that's part of it. Some guys like that, you know, you you can't you can't play three or four years with a guy that's that's struggling like that. Gary Barnett, couple minutes with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Coach. Earlier today, Pete Thamel uh, citing a Big Ten source, and uh, the Big Ten is continuing to to review the lengthy written responses from both Michigan, their president and Coach Harbaugh. There's no indication as we talk of any timetable on a decision when it comes to potential Big Ten discipline in the case of Michigan's alleged sign stealing. You know, what's your what's your gut here? Do you think the Big Ten holds off for a little bit? You've got um, you got Penn State this weekend. Uh, you got Maryland the following weekend, Ohio State potential Big Ten title game, college football playoff. Uh, the the due process part. You think the Big Ten is maybe threatened by Michigan's threat of of legal action if there is a, a discipline handed down? I think they, everybody has to be really careful with this thing because there is the due diligence, there is the due process, there's all those things that have to be considered, and you, you know you can't listen to the noise on the outside. And there's a lot of noise by people who don't either one, understand it, or two, uh, are out to get Michigan in some ways. But uh, And I get I get both sides. I really do. But the people making these decisions, they, they can't listen to all the noise. They've got to follow the due process and, uh, and you know, do it in a manner that they deem is timely. I, I really, you know, I have uh, – I'm one of those guys that looks at it and said they're going to do the right thing. They're not going to favor uh, waiting a day for Michigan to play better on Saturday. I, they're going to when when it's time to do it, it'll be time to do it, and that's when you do it. And you think you just got to put your trust in those people. Although I know that's really hard for many people to do. Do you would you feel comfortable speculating? Do you think uh, suspensions as bad as it gets, or? You know, Harbaugh's gone for a couple of couple of more games. I mean, we're getting down to, to no games left. Well, you first of all have to prove that Harbaugh actually okayed it, knew it, and uh, had it done. Mm-hmm. If you can prove that, then I think you're probably going to look at a suspension. But um, I don't think you're going to look at anything more than that. But mm-hmm. um, you got to prove that, okay? And that isn't easy to do. Uh, unless you know more than I do, but from what I'm reading, it's not easily done, especially if he's denying these allegations. So now you have to have a due process where whoever it is that's trying to prove that he did it can bring forth that evidence uh, to the people that are going to make the decision. And you have to, without a shadow of a doubt, prove that that's, that's accurate. So there's a lot of things to this. It's a, it's a, work in progress and it's just like the legal any legal system mm-hmm. you, you've got to go through the process 
Gary Barnett with his coach will hit some rapid fire. Bama minus 11 at Kentucky. Danger zone for the, 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 the Tide? No, no. Kentucky doesn't have enough. They're not playing well enough to do that. I don't worry about Alabama. I worry more for Georgia than anybody else. Well, let's go to Georgia. Ole Miss, uh, dogs at minus 10 and a half. Uh, Lane's right there. He's got him playing good football. He does. They don't have a great defense. And, and you know, Georgia's proving week after week that they're, they're sort of the real deal. But they're still not the great, great team that's out there. But they're, they're really good. But Ole Miss can be good, too. I, I, like, I like Ole Miss with the points. Mm-hmm. But I think Georgia wins. How about Rutgers at Iowa? Rutgers is playing really good football this year. Iowa minus one and a half. I can't believe Iowa's favored in this game. Uh, I, I like Rutgers in this game. I, I think they're playing well. They, they play good enough defense to where they don't have to worry about Iowa scoring. And so they just have to figure out a way to score. And so they can work all week on that. But I like Rutgers in this game. Tennessee minus two at Missouri. Boy, that that one's a really tough one and a good one. Missouri played, you know, they turned the ball over twice. But other than that, that they're dead even with Georgia last week. They played well. They just made those two mistakes. And um, Tennessee is a good team. It's not a great team. They're playing at Missouri. I think Missouri wins. I think you're right. I think Missouri is really, really talented. Any surprises in the Pac-12? Uh, USC at Oregon or uh, you've got Utah heading to Washington, minus nine and a half. Uh, Oregon, Washington in danger this weekend? I don't think Oregon's in any danger, but that should be a shootout. <laughs> and uh, Washington, Washington's just due. Now, they had two close games, but I don't think Utah's got the quarterback that can make a difference in this game. So I, I think Washington and Oregon both win this game. Uh, Oregon's getting 16 and a half against USC. I think that's probably too many, mm-hmm. but I think they win. How about Michigan? They are at Penn State minus four. Michigan. Yeah. I think they've just they got too much to prove, and Penn State, even though Penn State needs this win worse than anything, uh, and they need a good showing, but uh, we'll see what Michigan's really got, but I, I like Michigan a lot here. Maryland minus two and a half in Lincoln. Oh, boy. I know. I know. That's Maryland's. Maryland can be dangerous. I'm afraid you guys got a problem. So it, it's. It, uh, <laughs> they score a lot, man. They are talented, talented, talented. We'll see if Nebraska can get, uh, get a little Husker help uh, with home field. Coach, have a great yeah. weekend. I'm glad you're feeling better, and thanks for a few minutes today. All right, Chris. Great being with you. Thanks. Good to hear from Coach Gary Barnett, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow here at the Single Barrel. Good thoughts from Coach. Love doing the rapid fire. We'll get some insight from Danny Burke and uh, what Vegas is feeling in the sports world with the NFL and college football this weekend. Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. Reminder to get buckled up. Hands on the wheel. Eyes in mind. Straight ahead, the driver has one job. That's to drive a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Coach Jeff Smith talks a little Husker hoops on the way. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Mac with you. We're here at the single barrel, ninth and P inside the graduate. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, back here Saturday, weekend edition, 7 to 9 a.m., getting you ready for Nebraska. Maryland is the PBA going to be hopping here in about an hour and a half with tip off Nebraska and Florida. A&M. We welcome in longtime Nebraska assistant during the knee era, Hall of Fame coach with Lincoln Southeast, Jeff Smith with us. Coach, it's great to talk some hoops and uh, spend a few minutes. I do need to ask you uh, where you weigh in on crab cakes as an appetizer. It's crab cakes and football day. And are you yay or nay on crab and if it's overrated? We got to get a food question in on you. Yeah, I am a big seafood guy. I am. I am crab. I I do crab cakes. I any seafood for me. I'm a shrimp guy. I'm a salmon guy. I'll I'll do any of that stuff. Yes, I'm I'm for it. Okay, so is that your your top draft pick when it comes to appetizers? Do you go with the crab cake or are you more? God, what's the octopus? Uh, <laughs> Calamari. Yes, thank you. Oh yeah, oh, I love, cal- love calamari. I would, I would take calamari over crab cakes. I would. Okay. If you can't tell, yes. Schmidt and I definitely prefer the the food that walks on land as opposed to swimming. <laughs> Schmidt can't even tell you what calamari is. No, I, I, I like it. I just it was blanking. Forgive me, octopus. Uh, okay, uh, Coach Smith. It's it's going to be a, a fun season. It feels like for Nebraska basketball. I know you've had a chance to check out a few practices as they gear up for this season and uh what are your impressions of fred's team and just uh, some strengths or i guess we'll start with the expectations yeah. and excitement yeah well, it is exciting it's it's fun to be excited about about the program about the year I, let's start with i think the program now has vertical alignment from the top down i think it was lacking that obviously couple of years ago with, with Doc being in the front office trying to coach defense and somebody else recruiting that wasn't as involved on the floor. Now the guys on the floor are recruiting to what – and I feel like they have found their offensive system that they're very comfortable with. I think they found their defensive system, and they feel those, those are going to work in the Big Ten, and they feel like they can recruit to those, and the guys that are implementing those are recruiting now. So – I really feel good about uh, about their their vertical alignment and their and their carryover from floor to recruitment. And you know, two years ago we said they were small, they were pretty inexperienced and young. Their it was their system was hard to identify. I don't think that's the case now. They're they've become longer, they've become older, uh, which is good. With length and and you know, some some older mature players is really good. So. That's what first of all gets me excited, and then now now they also have with that maturity and length they they have depth, and um, so so th- things are lining up here, um, and I'm excited to see how they develop through this early non-conference, and and then and then get the test with Oregon State, and then some more winnable games, and then get the test with Creighton, who will be ready for us, and and then Kansas State, so. I feel like they got to go nine and two in the non-conference, um, and I think they they can do that. Jeff Smith is with us, Hale Varsity Radio Husker Hoops tonight, tipping off at PBA Florida A and M. As uh, we get coaches take on Nebraska, we'll get your thoughts on Creighton as well. And 
that's a good way to put it with vertical alignment. And uh, Nebraska has a number of choices. Is Nebraska's strength going to be that versatility, Coach Smith, where there'll be some games that, all right, they need to, to pound it inside and score in the paint? Do they have some guys, or is it just the, the pure athleticism with some of their wings and, and, and uh, Tomanaga that can really be a difference maker? They have those big shot makers. Yeah, I, I think versatility is going to be really important for them with that depth. I, I think they're, what I saw in their practices, it, it, it makes for good practices, competitive practices. Guys want to play. Um, it, it, injuries are, don't seem to affect us as much. With, with we, we can replace a little bit. I think it does take some management in your coaching when you have that many guys that, that can have the ability to play. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the depth is going to give us some, some versatility to go big sometimes. And like you said, take advantage of – even in the Dome, you know, I know it's Dome and NAIA, but even in Dome, they, they, they took advantage in the paint in the second half with their guards being a little bigger. I think they can post up um, Alec and, and Rink a little bit. And what I like about those two guys is they're already physically developed. They, they're emotionally mature. They have some calmness to them when they have the ball. They're, skilled, they're, they're already skill-developed. They, they can use their offhand. They showed that in this first game. They understand, like, leverage in the post. They understand boxing out, and they understand angles in screening, and they understand how to defend on-ball screens, which is huge in today's game. There's not a big learning curve for those two. Um, they'll maybe have, have to adjust to Big Ten some, but, you know, we have a lot to learn against Power Fives yet about this team. Mm-hmm. It's Coach Jeff Smith with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Coach, whenever you think back to, to Fred Hoiberg's tenure at Iowa State and how he started at Nebraska, I mean, the three-point shooting is always going to be a hallmark of what Fred Hoiberg does. Whenever you have a team that had all five starters, not only attempt, but all five of them knocked down a three-pointer against Lindenwood, do you worry about the aspect of live by the three and die by the three, or do you think this team is built a little bit different in that way? I think they're a little different. I think that, you know, coaching today is – you you got to shoot threes instead of tough twos. You got to get to the rim and get some some paint, some paint touches, some inside the inside the paint scores, and and then you got to get to the free throw line. And I think I think they have the ability to do all three level scoring. And I, I but I am excited that they can spread space the floor with five shooters. I think with you know we were really case a heavy at the end of the year last year. I think it's going to be a little adjustment for him and in their offense to see where that balance is. Because, um, you know, I, I could see some frustration maybe with him not getting that same kind of uh, attention, that, that same touches. Um, so I think there's, a, there's, a, there's some growing that needs to happen with this team, but they, their schedule's built for that where they can kind of, kind of feel things out and make adjustments and watch film and, and improve and, and figure it out. Jeff Smith with us, Hale Varsity Radio here at the Single Barrel, 9th and P, down inside the Graduate here on Saturday morning as well, 7 to 9, Roadshow Thursday. Uh, Coach Smith with us, Hall of Fame uh, coach for many years and assistant at Nebraska. Coach, want to get your take on Creighton and what Mac has going on up there. They absolutely drilled this same Florida A&M team that's now at PBA and What's your vision slash expectation for Creighton? I mean, are they 
Are they Elite Eight slash Final Four bound this year? Are they that talented and tough? I, I would say a definite yes. I think the addition of Stephen Ashworth from Utah State, um, great shooter, uh, but also unselfish type shooter that he's not going to force things. Uh, I, I thought they were a little ball heavy in, with their guards last year, but I think they'll distribute a little bit more. I think that uh, Kalkbrenner is is a generational type player for them because he's a rim protector. Um, he can he can shoot it. He can post. He can run the floor. He can he can he's probably maybe you know has a chance to be one of the top defenders in the if not the top defender in the country around the rim. Um, I, I think the one thing I think Trey Alexander is probably an NBA guard. I think the one question mark they have, I don't think they're quite as athletic as they were. I think they lost some athleticism. So can they guard the, the top Big East teams and the, and the top teams in the NCAA? That, that's probably a question mark that, um, that's out there. But Shireman's back with, you know, with, with some experience now. Isaac Trout joins them to give them some depth. Frederick King's a year older in the post to back up Kalkbrenner, Mason Miller's, I think, ready for a chance and started the other night. Dotzler might contribute. They're obviously not going to redshirt him because they played him. So, you're, you're, again, you're listing some depth, kind of like Nebraska's lineup, experience depth, NCAA tournament experience depth. And so I, I, think, I think that's huge for them, um, and I think they have a, a really bright uh, possibility ahead of them this year. Jeff, there's some great basketball players, both Creighton and Nebraska. I mean, you look at Casey, you look at Trey Alexander, you look at, at Shireman. There's just some fantastic basketball talents that are, are sure to be playing professional basketball, if not in the NBA, at least somewhere high-level professional basketball. And I want to get your take. Who do you think the best player in the state is right now? You're talking on the college teams, right, yeah, On Elijah? the college teams, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say the most impactful player is Kalkbrenner. Because I think you, 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 it's hard, he's hard to guard on pick and rolls. He, his versatility and his defensive presence, I would probably go with him. Um, it's a tough call, though. Shireman has talent. Um, you know, Nebraska has some kids that can really play this year. I, I, think, I think just, and I'm mentioning Creighton players, because I think they're more proven. Mm-hmm. Um, but Casey showed us a lot. And it really probably surprised me. Um, last year with, with what he could do with his cutting and, and shooting overhand. And so I would, I would put him in that mix. But um, we're going to see if he can do that without Derek Walker, too. I, I'm really interested in the Jamarcus Lawrence experiment at point guard. I think we're going to have to give him an adjustment period because playing points different than, you know, spotting up and shooting what he got to do last year. I, I've kind of been in, fairly impressed with him trying to play point like a point guard should. But I think Jerron Coleman, I've been impressed with him. He uh, has good vision and I think passing ability and understands the point guard, you know, having that experience at Ball State. So I went off on a little tangent there, but mm-hmm. I would give Colt better than not to answer your question, Elijah. Coach, less than a minute. Thoughts on Frager's commitment real quick. Yeah, just excited that we have that kind of talent in Lincoln um, again and around the state that we're seeing, you know, we saw Sam Griesel come back and contribute. We're seeing Sam Hoiberg contribute. And by the way, I think he feels like he belongs this year and he knows mm-hmm. he can play at that level and he's gotten better too. But mm-hmm. um, I'm really excited about Lincoln kids and Omaha kids and, and anybody in the state being able to play the Shiremans and that at Creighton. That, that's fun. And I think it, it, it generates fan interest. I think it, uh, 
I think it means a lot for those kids to help their, their home schools. And so that's exciting. Jeff Smith, longtime assistant at Nebraska with Coach Knee, Hall of Fame coach at Lincoln Southeast, and we'll uh, no doubt uh, be partnering up again for another year of high school hoops together here locally in Lincoln on the radio. Coach, enjoy the, the ball game tonight. Thanks for jumping on with us today on Hale Varsity. You bet. Thanks for having me, guys. There he is, Jeff Smith. Love talking ball with Coach. We'll head to... Uh, Get some Vegas insight. Burke's best bets on the way. It's Hale Varsity Roadshow Thursday at the Single Barrel. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Thursday here at the Single Barrel. Getting ready for Nebraska, Maryland. Crab cakes and football is the rallying cry. Uh, We'll uh, take the football and pass on the crab cakes for now but uh, back here on saturday seven to nine weekend edition of hail varsity here at the single barrel it's been a while let's check in with our favorite handicapper and gambling expert danny burke with this burke's best bets at danny burke five on twitter is where you find danny Pride of Chicago, you've been on the the old wedding tour or the lake house tour we blink and it's well, it's November now, man. How are we doing? Good to spend time with you. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, I was at a uh, destination wedding out in St. Thomas. So uh, going from St. Thomas back here to the Midwest, certainly a uh, difficult transition to say the least. You know, that uh, depression kicking in a little bit earlier than most people. But, uh, no, it was a great time and luckily gave me an excuse not to watch the Huskers lose this past weekend. So uh, no complaints all around. You're going to take a trip to St. Thomas for a wedding. Clearly you've been doing pretty well in the wagering, huh? <laughs> you know, hey, it wasn't me who coordinated it, so I just had to tag along regardless. But, uh, you know, we're trying to make up for some of the damages that were caused in the trip uh, going forward. So that's the plan for this weekend, fellas. I like it. can log on burksbeat.com and uh, find out uh, bets and analysis with Danny Burke at Danny Burke 5. And do yourself a favor. Uh, click on the, the picture, the icon picture, and it's got Danny in a turtleneck. It's pretty awesome. Uh, pretty good. So what do you like here? Do you, you lean in NFL? Is there a college game you love? NHL? NBA? What's, uh, what's got you your wheels turning here to, to either tonight or this weekend yeah we could start with tonight you know i got my squad the bears hosting the panthers the dominant game that everybody was envisioning for their thursday night football matchup but mm. i do actually have a lot of interest in this game i mean look this is a spot that bears fans whether or not you thought this was going to be a good season you kind of figured that this was a game where they would have to have the advantage and that it was a must win regardless of if they were in playoff contention or not. This is just a spot you have to win. And after watching this Panthers team and how brutal they've been all year, again, the same thing remains. So when I was doing my analysis yesterday on this, I posted a video, and to me at the time, we didn't know if it was going to be Fields or Bages, but Honestly, there's not a difference in this game. There, yes, there is a difference overall. I see fields, don't get me wrong, but against the Carolina Panthers, uh, Panthers rank dead last in defensive success rate and EPA against the run and allow the most rushing touchdowns, the philosophy for the Bears is always going to be handed off or get the quarterback involved with his mobility. So, again, Agent 
can do those similar type of things in the short passes such as Fields can. So once it was announced, yes, the market moved in favor of the Panthers, but now you're seeing a trend back on the side of Chicago. But it's a little bit expensive, right? I mean, I don't want to lay a money line of over minus 170, 180, 190 with Chicago, and I don't feel confident laying over three with them. So what I did is do a money line parlay with the Bears on the money line and then paired it with another team I felt conviction in, and that's Buffalo on Monday night. Hey. Talk about a must-win game. I mean, you know, sorry, Elijah, but i got to face your Broncos here. Buffalo is the much better team. They lost in prime time last week. They've had a lot of brutal spots. This is a game they have to win. So instead of sweating out the seven-and-a-half spread, I just need them to win outright as well. So that's what I did. Bears money line, Bills money line parlay. And then I told you guys about the rushing aspect. Khalil Herbert not activated off the IR, so this makes the running back room a little bit more easy to understand. And it should be Deontay Foreman who's getting a bulk of the carries. And like I just told you, the Panthers allow the most rushing touchdowns per game at 1.8. I got Deontay Foreman at, I think it was plus 120 to score a touchdown at any point. So I really like that angle in terms of a prop for tonight's game as well. Danny Burke with us here. Burke's best bets as... Danny says fade the Broncos on Monday. And Danny, all I'll say to that is the Broncos, also a big game for them. They're one win away from being right back in the thick of things in the AFC wild card hunt. So slow your roll, maybe. I, I could be completely wrong. I don't know. I'm just, um, I'd be betting with my heart instead of my head. That's why you're better than me. And that's why uh, we trust Danny Burke. And Danny, whenever we talk about the weekend slate, we also need to talk about some college football. I, I see that you're in on Tennessee and Missouri. A lot of implications in that game. Both teams coming in at 7-2. and two. What do you like Tennessee at Missouri on Saturday? Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of funny because Mizzou is almost like Nebraska. I have a lot of friends who went to Mizzou. So when I watch them watch the game, they're not on quite the same level as us, as, you know, being frustrated and having terrible losses, especially this year. But it's pretty close. So I always think this is a good spot for them. And the fact they're giving you a point or two, I think that's an advantage to the home team. And it's not like Mizzou has a great home field advantage, but I wrote up about this a little bit. The volunteers are committing about 8.4 penalties per game. And when you get those 50-50 penalties, the home team's certainly going to get the advantage, and I think that's going to be a benefit to them. I think the quarterback advantage, while it's not that much, does go to Mizzou. And, yes, statistically, Tennessee does have the better defense, but they also haven't played LSU. They haven't played Georgia. And when they've played a little bit better teams like Alabama, like Florida, and Kentucky, that's when you've seen them falter, and that's all those games have been on the road. So I think the same thing's going to happen here, and that's why I give the advantage to Mizzou because I think their defense is just as good. It's just metrically because of the schedule. Tennessee has been ranked a little bit better. So the offense that gives the nod to Mizzou, the slight home field advantage, and the fact you're giving me points, that's why I'll gladly say, well, hopefully gladly, I'll take it with Mizzou. We'll see if I'm glad about it afterwards. But, yeah, that's the official play I've got on Saturday, guys. I mean, uh, you know, the other spot, like I'd lose toward Michigan, but, you know, what's this distraction going to mean? And, you know, the weakness of their schedule, does that mean anything in this spot? It's going to be a great one to watch. I think for that one it'll be more of an in-game bet and see how Michigan comes out and if Penn State's defense holds strong. Maybe we'll get a better spot with the Wolverines under the key number of three, and that's probably how I'll look to approach that spot. Danny, 60 seconds here. Bruce Feldman has picked Nebraska as his upset special of the week as a two-and-a-half-point home dog. What do you think of Nebraska and Maryland? 
Oh, man, i got to force myself to stay away from this one. I, I get the allure into going with Nebraska, especially after a bad loss. It's a relatively by low spot. Man, I mean, Maryland is the better offense. Can Nebraska keep up? That's the thing. It's going to be bend or break with Nebraska's defense. But also, at the end of the day, fellas, I mean, they can't hold on to the dang ball, and I can't go through another game of just watching them fumble and fumble and fumble and putting my money on it. So I am completely staying away from this one. I probably lean Maryland, but again, you know, this is a coin flip spot to me, hence why I'm staying away. Danny Burke with us, and can log on burksbeat.com and uh, find out more on Danny's insights for the week. And Danny will check in with you next week. We'll see if Nebraska is bowl eligible or not. Love your stuff on Tennessee, uh, Missouri. Both teams trying to, to get right. Tennessee fighting for their life, minus two, their uh, their favorite. And Missouri put up a great fight between the hedges. Danny, have a good week. Uh, survive your Bears tonight. Thanks for jumping on today. That's the big thing, right? Survive in advance. Let's hope the Bears don't disappoint me. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your night. There he is, Danny Burke with us. Burke's Best Bets, burksbeat.com. And Danny Burke Fives, where you follow him on Twitter. Do so. We love checking in with Danny Burke. We'll wind down a Thursday road show here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate, 9th and P, downtown Lincoln. Uh, road show Thursday. Back here, of course, Saturday morning. Want to see you 7 to 9 with a weekend edition of Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks to everyone who's chimed in, checked in, and is watching on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, listening on the Hale Varsity Radio Network. Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, Hale Varsity Radio Twitter. Can rewind that way as well. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Download the podcast and uh, tell a friend. Give us a rating. Can tell us we're number one. Don't care what finger you use. Uh, 489-1240. Elijah's grinning. Uh, with that, uh, tomorrow, heard at Sports Bar and Grill, we travel up I-80 to La Vista. Want to see you out there as we kick off the Husker weekend and then back here. Saturday, 7 to 9, weekend edition of Hale Varsity as we gear up for Nebraska and Maryland. So uh, Josh chimes in. I'm an idiot, Josh. Forgive me, but calamari is squid, not octopus. Whiffed there. I swear I always thought it was octopus. I was wrong. Um, Steven wants to know, we love uh, Steven checking in, if the Nebraska gets to win six this weekend, Chris, will uh, you get sent to Madison? <laughs> I think I'm off the road. Like, And I misspoke. The, the last road win I have had was Black Friday a year ago in Iowa City. But other than that, it had been a stretch between South Bend and Eric Crouch and Iowa City. This year's record's not been great. Well, Smitty, we're, what, what's we're, interesting... We're over. We're over. What's interesting is with that late kick, we can hop in the old Impala and take uh, I-80 up towards <laughs> Madison. If there's anything about the Impala, it showed itself to be perfectly reliable, and there's no chance we'll get stuck on the road. Yeah, there's three other tire choices now. <laughs> uh, Julie checks in, and I have not had uh, stone crab. Julie, thanks for uh, entering into the, the crab conversation, because it is crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. 
Uh, envision the guy screaming on the sideline in the movie Wedding Crashers. Uh, I'm late to the crab conversation, but try stone crab if you get a chance. It's really good. And that's where you get the mallet, the hammer, and you just go to town, at, yes. apparently at a Joe's Crab Shack. Is is it different? Is, is, is stone crab different? And uh, I, I believe, you know, I could be wrong. I think stone crabs are the ones that have the absolute, like, massive claws up on the front. Right, like, all yes, the meat there's tons the of crab meat. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and you grandpa checks in. Nobody minds having lobster left over uh, after a night on the town, but no one wants to wake up with the crabs. Thank you, and you, grandpa. Always got to listen to grandpa. Do you want to elaborate on that one? It's, I think it's going over my head a little bit. I hope so. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Elijah's like, don't know what he's talking about. Ah, uh, yes. So, uh, crew has checked in, your uh, Windy City adventurer, and, and he hates your take on uh, not liking crab or thinking crab is overrated. And you can dispute that. Yeah, enough, Elijah. There we go. We did spend most of the time on football. Uh, Roulade says pound the rock. Totally agree. Um, Maryland's allowing 114 on the game. Walter tells us that. Yeah, I need Emmett Johnson to have 25 carries. That would be really cool if I'm a Nebraska fan on Saturday. Yeah, I wouldn't bet on that, though. No, I, I know. But I need... I need about 53 rushes for about six a carry, and then everyone can pour a drink and smile. Back tomorrow at 4 with Hale Varsity. Take care. A Huda Media Production.